0: Another episode of the Comfort Monk podcast. Today I got to speak with James Alex from Beach Sling. Um, we kind of bonded over our shared appreciation for the replacements, and uh, he told some pretty wild stories. Uh, you know, Tommy Stinson was involved in the making of his most recent record. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, James has been in several bands over the years. Prior to uh, kind of digging his heels into his own project with Beach Slang, and they've all kind of had some pretty interesting stories and great success. Um, and yeah, he's been doing—you know—he's kind of been navigating quarantine like everyone else, and kind of doing some at-home recording projects. And oh, we—he uh, is also a huge Big Star fan, and you know, we just apparently we dig a lot of the same stuff, so it made the conversation very easy.
1: You know, Dylan, uh, so I haven't, full disclosure, I haven't listened to that episode yet. While I was recording it, I was also working on something else, so I didn't have a chance to listen in on it. And literally, you know, when he was on the show, and I was thinking, I bet he and Dylan are going to either talk about Big Star or The
0: Replacement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was un, uh, not necessarily surprising in that regard, because I figured we would both be able to chat each other up about that but it wasn't just uh two people will be like man aren't those bands great there was a moments of that for sure mm, but there, yeah he had a lot he had a lot of really exciting stories re- related to that that i don't want to give away in the intro but it's not his his uh background in it is much more than just a fan like he's kind of been able to get to know some of that crew and it's just uh some cool stories involved with that um Anyway, he was just a super nice guy, and I was excited to get a chance to, to talk with him. Um, but I guess I'll let, as I tend to say, the interview speak for itself. Um, and yeah, this is our interview with James Alex for the Comfort Monk Podcast. Thanks, guys.
1: Enjoy. Well, I guess I actually started in the um, the the Lehigh Valley. It's like a, I don't know, an hour hour or so north of Philadelphia. That was when I was in the first the first stuff I was ever in. I was not really no. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm from I'm from a naval family from Rhode Island. So uh, okay. I think before I yeah before I ever picked up an instrument, like I was really lucky to have a couple of uncles that were really just had really great musical collections, or at least what I sort of identified with. So like you know, a bunch of like punk and new wave and stuff like that. So I think that was sort of the first spark, you know, and then we sort of relocated where my birth father was from, which was in, 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 the, in the Lehigh Valley. And then um, that was kind of the first time I actually met. Like, so I was looking for these scenes where, where kids might know like circle jerks or like black flag or whatever. And so I ended up finding these like little pockets of things and going to like hall shows and things like that. That's like the first time I ever really met like musicians that were like, I kind of wanted to sort of be like, not like, not like, not like prodigy-esque sort of like musicians, but like kind of blue collar, bar chord, loud amps. Right. That's you know?
0: huge, man. The, the
1: musicians that
0: feel like they're, uh, I don't know, attainable somehow. Like it's It did.
1: It, it, that's just it, man. It, it felt accessible for like the first time, like the first time to me. And I suppose that that's sort of like the, the sort of doors that like punk rock kicked in for me, you know, because when I would hear like like whatever it might be things that i'm a huge fan of but like whatever it might be like like bowie or um uh you know anything of that ilk i was just like yeah but you know that stuff almost feels like from like outer space or something right and then it was like but then it was like well here's the ramones and i was like man i can't even really play guitar and i can play this right and that's like you know when you're just like a little little, little, a little rat, right. And you're trying to figure out like what you want to do with your life and figure yourself out. Like that sort of like, that, that kind of quick gratification is like, it felt like what I, you know, that little preteen or teen angst, you know, really needed a place to place to go. And that, that was it, you know? Um, Yeah, man. And
0: I mean, that's, that's, what's going to get you the, the motivation to to really keep at it you know some a little bit of give and take finally you can play a song top to bottom so you feel like you're you have that under your belt and that motivates you to maybe try to write a song or or whatever sure as opposed to you know if you listen to something that's just way intimidating it makes it scares (laughs) you off from picking up the guitar in the first place you know yeah
1: Yeah, it surely does you know when you're just the kid figuring yourself out you're just kind of like ah, i guess i don't have what it takes for this you know and you just sort of like I guess you sort of look for the next thing, but it's, yeah, when you have success doing it, like, cause you don't realize that that stuff's not difficult. You just know you're like a kid that can play one of your favorite songs. And that's really cool. Right. It was like, it felt like the right motivation. Like when I started, the first thing I wanted to do was be a drummer. Cause I just had like just too much energy. I just wanted to like, you know, just kind of hit things. So I was like, I remember they handed me a drum pad and like taught me like the proper way to hold sticks. And I was just kind of like, so I'm just at home holding the stick kind of banging on a plank of wood with a piece of rubber slapped at the top of it. And I was like,
0: maybe I don't want to be a
1: drummer. Right. So I sort of gave that up right fast. Right. And I had a cousin who played guitar and he taught me rock and roll like noise pollution, you know, and, and like smoke on the water. So I just picked it up and I was like, bow, bow, you know, and I was like, oh, this this sounds like it. Right. And it was like, So all of a sudden I like, I chucked that sort of like, you know, that, like, that like Mel Bay approach, you know, where you get those books and you learn like happy birthday or something, you know, I was just like, yeah, that's not going to get me there. But then when I was like, when I learned like, you know, an ACD song or Deep Purple, just a riff, you know, nothing difficult, but I was like, that's what I needed. I didn't want to learn happy birthday from like, (laughs) in a Mel Bay book. I just wanted to like hit a guitar loud, distorted and kind of like, I was I didn't care about being good. I just wanted. I wanted it to feel good. And right, it's like, right. I, you know, I probably sounded like a train wreck. But to me, I felt. I felt colossal. You know, and I was like, yeah, that 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 was that that, that cracked it really wide open for me, I
0: suppose. Dude, do you, do you remember when uh the first time as a kid, like, you know, you're playing a guitar and it just like, you know, you're trying to sound like all of these rock records or whatever that are inspiring you, and then you're like, why doesn't it sound right? And then you hit a distortion for the first time and you're like holy shit That that's oh, yeah, it that's yeah. the sound i didn't realize it. <laughs> for I sure i thought the yeah, guitar was, made the
1: sound not this box you know <laughs> for sure yeah that, that that was everything for sure because i that 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 gets back to that like that feeling right It just it felt like power you know um you know and when you're just you don't have a lot of that in the world you're just sort of like you're told you know you're a kid man you're sort of told what you need to do and where you need to be and all these things and you know before you drive or can do something like that to sort of escape that was sort of like my first little my first little jump into that like this is mayan mm-hmm. like it just it felt like escapism it felt it's just really great and i suppose like look man all these years later i'm still doing it still yeah, and it's still tough. honestly <laughs> like just chasing that feeling you know that feeling it felt like when i first you know like you said man first hit like a guitar with like distortion on it i was like I don't know. I know it gets really, it gets really cliche and maybe even hokey, but it's like, you feel found for like the first time. And yeah. it's like, I, yeah, I suppose I'm able to like, I suppose I'm able to stitch those words on me. I mean, I've been doing it for for a minute. So I was like, I don't think it's a fad for for me. Right. I think I'm stuck with it. So yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. So, so you've got, you got this guitar and you're finally
0: making these sounds that you dreamed of. So when, <laughs> and you found this little scene, but what's the next step? When did you start, you know, Piecing together songs with people and and
1: trying to do something with them yeah well i i honestly for me i sort of I sort of, i sort of cheated my way and I suppose just out of like i passionately cheated my way and i was okay. there was this there was just this like local band that i just i just loved I, I thought they were just i couldn't believe that kids like my age were like could do what they were doing I mean they sounded amazing to me this was like sort of the stuff like it was sort of the stuff I was. I was listening to, but these were like kids who lived close to me and I was like really knocked away. So I was just basically traveling anywhere they went, um, to just kind of see their shows and just, you know, I, I, knew everything sort of frontwards, backwards, diagonal, all that stuff. And then, yeah, one day their, their, their guitarist was splitting or whatever. And they were just like, look, you know, they're like, look, man, you're, you're at all the shows anyway. Like you play guitar. And I was like, yeah, yeah, a little bit, um, and they're like, you want to, you want to play with us? Like they never heard me play. They never heard me sing. And I just went down first rehearsal and just, we just played through everything they had. Like I said, I, like I knew it, you know, I was, um, so it was, it was that way for me. I sort of, it wasn't very clunky, you know, I, uh, transition. I was just like, I was going to these shows, like falling in love with, you know, everything about it. And then it was just like, as it happens, you know, which was my favorite sort of local band or whatever, just had an opening and, and decided to roll the dice on me and like that that's it you know i've been playing since then in bands nice. and stuff and what, what yeah was that? what was
0: that band uh, they were called weston that's what i was thinking it must have been that band yeah so yeah. How, how long were you playing with them
1: um man i guess it's probably i don't know eight year eight years so somewhere somewhere in that world somewhere somewhere close to a decade i suppose um
0: so that's probably where you got the bulk of your like first major touring experience
1: right oh without a doubt that was the first time i'd ever like left home like without an adult you know um (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah it was that it was like to be fair man that that was honestly where i learned pretty much everything i mean i i really learned how to write songs from dave and chuck i I learned how to like get comfortable on stage from from those guys because they were just super outgoing and super like Uh, just just charismatic and just had all these things where like like i said man i was really i was just a fan i was really i I just ended up playing with my favorite band you know um but like it was like it was really it did so much for me in like all of those ways i mean every you know i I was really because i'm you know i'm i don't i don't know that i'm wired to like front the band i I don't think i'm i'm built that way um so it was definitely sort of this learned craft but like i said I i was lucky enough to like you know, stand a couple feet away from people I thought were really, really great at it, you know? And the same thing with like songwriting, like just like sort of these, it would have all this sort of grit and spit to it, but it it had all these hooks. And I was like, and just even like guitar stuff, you know, where I came from that, like really learning from playing along to Ramones records. I was like, there, I was sort of learning these, like, these sort of like Keith Richards augmented sort of things where it was like wait, the rhythm guitar doesn't just go like, ding, 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 you know, it was like, you can do this kind of cool weirdo. And I was like, oh, those things are what really layer, you know, sound. And it was like, you know, it, it you know, it, it was still punk rock and all those things, but it had such an, like an underbelly of pop to it. And that was, that was completely those guys. I really like, they really, really taught me like how to sort of smash those worlds together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's
0: that's something that is even hard to place a value on, man. It's just you know you've probably been able to use it throughout your entire career since then. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, I can't I can't overstate like how influential like those two guys have been on, you know, not only in the beginning when I didn't really know like what I was like how to get to point Z from point A, but I just I didn't even really know who I was or like how to be or like. You know, being interviewed or like being—just every little sort of nuance about what I learned about how to be in a band, I really learned in that band. You know. Well,
0: so did the other guys in that band, the the primary songwriters, have they been making much music since the
1: end of Weston? I don't think so. I mean, I know I I know that they've been they've been writing it. I I don't know how how much it's it's gotten released. Um, but I, I you know I I know that they still. I mean, I I talk to Dave all the time for sure. Um. So I know that it's still I, I think once that stuff carves that deeply in you it never really goes away, right? But right. but I don't think they've been chasing like releasing anything or touring, you know, like where like, you know, life sort of catches up and you've you know, you've got you got family now and jobs and things like that. You sort of you know, time becomes this kind of wild commodity. And I'm not really sure, you know, where that sits with them. But yeah, I know I know I know they write and they still like make things. I just I just I, I don't know. I I I'm not wholly sure if they're like necessarily interested in trying to like I think it's just they they do it now because they just want to do it but yeah. not necessarily chasing well, it further than that. Something special about doing it for that reason is
0: just no, it's very pure a, and and the best of intentions. Sure, sure without a doubt, man. So man, I I feel like you probably talk about the replacements all the time but being a huge replacements fan myself as well i gotta like take the opportunity to to vibe out with the it man uh oh uh, right on
1: well i never tire of it if that if that if that makes you feel any better nice that's great to hear man um please
0: of course so uh, do you remember when you first kind of got turned on to them
1: yeah man not to sound like a, a you know sort of a broken record here but it, w- it was dave from from weston who oh, nice. um, turned me on yeah it turned me on to the mats because it was like when i was like responding to like his like that guitar noodling stuff that sort of keith richards not just you know not just for moan bar chord stuff he was like yeah man he's like well have you ever listened to the replacements and i was like no i don't know them and he's like that's where i'm that's where i'm i'm yanking it all from you know so so yeah so he you know he he turned me onto the match and just kind of took me through just sort of took me through he's like you know how those records sort of have oh it's a journey man. (laughs) it is it's a journey right so that's perfect word for it so he, he sort of set me up with like you know sort of these i don't know sort of definers for each one be like look if you're looking for this you want to start with this record if you're looking for that jump to this one like but yeah he he you know when you talk about how the value can't be overstated, I mean, there's another moment, right, where it's like, and now it became like, you know, I wanted to play guitar because I saw Pete Townsend, like, you know, play, right? But I wanted to write songs because I heard Westerberg, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's like, that was like, you know, that like that moment's like incredibly, incredibly uh, pivotal for me. But, but yeah, again, man, that you know, like Dave's influence on me, yeah. Nice. Just-
0: do you remember which record was the one you ended up diving into first?
1: Yeah, I I, I yeah, it it was it was Tim because I think that oh, was his dude. favorite record. You know, yeah. I think
0: that's the unsung hero. People, a lot of people talk about it like it's I mean, you know, I guess maybe because it's directly after Let It Be, which is like often times more often than not people's favorite, but People talk about the like '80s production on it or whatever, and, and some sure. people will try to put it down. And I'm like, I don't know, man. That was the one that I that
1: got me first when I was younger too. Right on, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 pretty, it's pretty flawless record, right? Yeah, it's like, right. You know, I don't. I yeah. think that the the
0: slight shift in like some of the tonal quality of the record doesn't bother me at all, man. I feel like it's much less of a dramatic shift than Please to Meet Me," but I I "Pleased sure. to Meet Me" has grown on me more and more every time I listen to it throughout life you know I think it when I, was, ye- when I was a kid I got hung up on like the oh this isn't the version of Can't Hardly Wait that I love with all the horns <laughs> on it and all and then now I'm like right, at least we've got the Tim version it's not on the record but we've all right, all it, right. and it's that's it yeah that's that's kind of the version but it almost adds <laughs> to the like mythology of that song that it seems like they just could never get it where they wanted it in the studio even though it's a lot of people think of it as one of the best you know
1: yeah, um, yeah, for sure.
0: Have you heard that that demo that's that's just kind of the the rhythm acoustic and brushes mm-hmm. that Alex Chilton recorded? Oh, no, 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 no. No. Yeah. Well, it's oh, Alex man. Chilton recording the replacements, I mean. Uh
1: Oh. Oh, I have to like No, I don't I don't think I I don't think I know that one. You're not, Yeah, you're not talking about the uh, uh Wait, uh, unless I do, unless I I do know it cuz I know they we're talking about not that Tim outtake, right? Is that, is it is a Tim out. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. I know that though. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I love that too. It's like even, even like the lyrical approach, it's so much statter, you know, Yeah. like it's I'll, just like, it's just like razors, man. It's definitely like broken glass stuff. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the only thing that
0: still I would prefer would be different on the uh, please to meet me version of of can't hardly wait is that he he omits that uh, that water tower lyric mm-hmm, he replaces sure. it with something else and for some reason that's always been one of my favorite lyrics in the song so it's like a slight bummer that it's out of there but it almost makes you appreciate it more in the versions that it is that it's not on the album version so it's all part of the story man I'm into it yeah
1: for for sure for sure man for sure
0: well that's awesome man so yeah. So you know, I guess you know if if we're following the kind of narrative arc of, of your story here, you know you've you've gleaned all this information from and all of this like musical education from your time with Weston. Was there like a a pretty big window between that and picking things up with Beach slang, or what was the time frame like there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, there was man. Um, I, I at least a decade or so, and oh, I, wow. I think like yeah, which which is like I think I went back to that kind of that thing we were talking about before I was trying to figure out like, well, what do I want to do now? Right. Cause like for such a big chunk of my life in those really sort of like pivotal years of like coming of age. Right. I was like, I traveled around with like my best friends in Weston, like playing these songs and I was kind of like, well, now that's over. It's like, like what, who am I in the world? You know, I was just like, that was my whole, my whole thing. So I think like when I sort of thought about like music again, I, man, I really just kind of wanted to strip everything sort of down, sort of lock it away and 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 sort of rebuild right like i wanted to like i wanted to figure out what i wanted to sound like and what i wanted to chase i certainly didn't want to just try to xerox what i had been doing you know um so i think i did that like while i I suppose it was like publicly very quiet like i was working yeah i was working diligently like trying to like crack whatever it was i was trying to crack right um so yeah heaps of songs and like most probably junk but it's it's like all that sort of, like, that getting to where you want to be kind of thing. So I think it was just that, man. I, I just decided to, like, okay, I'm not going to tour. I'm not going to be jumping around on a stage. I'm going to try to, like, try to take a real crack at this songwriter thing um, and sort of figure that out. So so that's what I did. And then, like, <clears throat> sort of always, like, I've always talked about beach flying as sort of this accidental band, right? I, like, ended up writing what was like the first EP and I just let some friends hear because I finally felt like maybe like I'm starting to find this thing I'm looking for. And then my friend said to me like, you know, these are like too good to just like die in your rooms. Like, let's just record them. Like let them exist, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And then we, we did that. We thought it sounded okay. So we reached out to our friend, Mike, who had a small, who has a small label and was just like, Hey man, do you have any interest in this? Like, we can't really tour like James is about to move to California. I I had just taken this design job out there. So, but, but like, you know, we'd really love to put it out and we'd really love for you to do it. And he was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't worry about playing a show. Don't worry about it. Right. So it was like, and then that's sort of how it happened. Right. And then it was like, I was out there. I remember, and it was just like, I don't know, it just started to get reviewed and, you know, people were kind of taking to it. And I was just like, maybe I should, maybe I should move back to the East coast and, figure this out and like that's exactly what it was it was like i i just you know i didn't i didn't expect to have another i i don't know to be given another go at this and then it just sort of it sort of happened and i feel like stupidly lucky every day so but yeah but that that's how it was i mean i was i was just i just i just wanted to get better at the thing i i love doing you know not really expecting it to um i don't know for even anybody to really care to be to be truthful you know right but, but yeah, you keep you keep good friends around you that sort of like encourage you. You know, I suppose that uh, that really got you know that really made it happen. You know.
0: Yeah, man, I, I love listening to your stuff, man. I just hear so many so many different things being pulled from. It's kind of like you know, there might might be like a little bit of Mark Bolin in a moment, and then a little bit of Paul Westerberg, and then but you know, like but at the same time, it never feels. Uh, I mean it always feels like a beach slang song, you know. Nothing nothing feels derivative or or like it just feels like I can you wear your influences on your sleeve, but in a way that I think is really charming and always serves the songs really well. Um
1: oh, thanks man. But that, but, that mean, yeah, that means a lot.
0: But uh, so I know that uh you shifted gears into these uh quiet slang records for a while. Was there uh anything that was kind of like the impetus for that shift i know that you've kind of moved away from that now but you're hitting it for a second there
1: yeah yeah i think it's just something i've always wanted to do you know I, I i i tell folks like like when i was when i was doing press about that record it was like you know i'm you know i i love paul westerberg and i equally love Stephen merritt right and right. it's like you know i just like you know like guitars are like you know that that's my thing, loud guitars and things, but like I see that same power in like cellos and pianos, and I suppose I just wanted to like it's like you know kind of different, but the same kind of power right it's just um so it was that it's like you know I get to like obviously beach slang is like my you know me worshiping at the temple of Westerberg, but it's like i uh you know i quiet slang for that was was really very much the same thing for Stephen Merritt, you know just this like equal love for. You know how you can deliver songs, you know, and I I thought it was cool to like just try to like what 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 can these sound like with cello and piano accompaniment and is that like does it work are people going to throw tomatoes like what well, you know what's the thing but it was like it felt important for me to try to like to try to do that I mean I I you know I suppose I I had the opportunity to to, to give it a go and it is something I, I I'd always wanted to do I, like I always thought to myself is it pretty much just rel- like I'm going to do this once and 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 maybe that's the case right. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's what it, that's what it was. It was just sort of this, like, I always wanted to have sort of a magnetic field, the kind of band at some point in, you know, before I, before I'm dust. Right. And that's I just, right. it just, just sort of worked out where I could maybe these things could sort of like live together. So I just, yeah, I, I so I gave it a crack, you know, <laughs> well, I, I can definitely see why
0: both Paul and Steven have been so influential. I mean, they're like steve uh, i mean magnetic uh fields i mean they're the the lyrical depth that's going on there like sometimes it can be the like the most simple and bare bones musically uh the track but uh and then you'll have like like what's the song the uh papa was a papa was a rodeo Is uh, it? a rodeo yeah god, yeah god that yep. song it's like it's just ridiculously moving lyrically or like the sure. book of love is, is a great example. I mean, I know those are kind of fan favorites. Um, but no, you know, sure. every single one of those songs kind of hits like that. He he has such a way of writing these tiny little pop gems, but with, like, oh, with just yeah. gut
1: punchers sprinkled all throughout the song, you know, he, uh, he does for sure. I, I, I just, I just put out this like, it's just this home recordings record that I've been doing while in quarantine. And I, I covered Book of Love on that. Oh, it's just like awesome. Such a, such a knockout, right? But I was like, and I, rem- I remember getting, like, turned on the magnetic fields. And, like, just in that song, you know, that Reno Dakota song where I was kind of yeah. like, what is this all about? And it's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know the score, you know. And I guess, like, he scored, like, the godfather or something. And I was kind of like, how do you take that on as, like, a lyrical challenge? And you make those rhymes happen. And they're so smart. And I was just like, I, I like, I always go to that song just in terms of like, you know, I'm always, th- th- I think this is this is this is my this is my thing like in, in sort of writing songs. It's that idea that it's just like, there's nothing that exists, and then all of a sudden you just sort of like, you smack things, you hammer some things together, and it's like all of a sudden there's this like thing, right? And I was right. like, so it's like Stephen Merritt left like sat down to write that song. I was like, there was nothing existed before that, right? So there's no, and then I look at like just the mindset to get into the idea of that lyric approach and then to execute it. So, so brilliantly, like, I was just like, it's like, it's like equal parts, inspiring and equal parts. Like, I just want to throw in the towel because I'll never be able to do that. Right. It's like that. that, Yeah. Those guys are just, you know, absolutely brilliant, genius, beautiful human beings. Like, so it's like, yeah, like, and I, I suppose like, like that, that that that's it for me and i and i like having i would say perhaps my, my two largest influences being or at least seemingly being on different ends of the spectrum at least in right. execution right like i like that i think it it allows like or maybe for me to fall so- somewhere somewhere in in that really long pool between them um you know yeah because that's like, like westerberg said that thing about like um you know, if you steal from everybody, they can't put a finger on you. You know, <laughs> right. I like, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. If I'm pulling from all these sort of disparate kind of places, maybe it, uh, <laughs> it allows it to come off like, yeah, like, you know, beach slang in, in a lot of ways. Like I always, I never think of myself as like writing albums. I think of like myself as like, I'm writing mixtapes, you know, that like I'd want to hear. Right. And like, right. so it's like, I think of like influences of like people I love, but when you, you mash all that together and I suppose it comes out sounding like beach slang instead of like, oh, yeah, that sounds exactly like whoever. Right. Um, But I think that's it is I'm just such a like, you know, hard on my sleeve fan of rock and roll that it's like so much sort of pours in that I, I suppose like it's that Westerberg thing. You know, it's like it doesn't become any one strain of anything. It's just this sort of, you know. Lump of <laughs> lump of influence, you know. Right,
0: totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I I know that it's it was had to be super disappointing for you that the Heartbreak City tour didn't mm. end up going down. Where where all were you planning on headed with that tour?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was full U.S. at first. You know, we were starting at like a couple shows down the south by Southwest, and then staying out. I think that first tour was about six weeks. I mean, it was going to pretty much be be everywhere and then we were set to go to to europe like very very shortly after we i think we measured in like weeks we would have been home and then right to europe and um so you know now it becomes this <laughs> it's like this thing right like so we put an album out but it you know we sort of like chopped top chopped down a tree in a forest but no one was around to hear it in terms of touring right it's like right right so it becomes yeah, have, thing.
0: have you been you know Able to kind of figure out a a new approach to navigating putting out a record. So it's like yeah. obviously the the tried and true method is flipped on its head yeah. this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird, man. I mean, you know, people have been really like like we sort of just got in because you know right away I always think of like the record labels and I'm like, oh man, I don't want anybody to ever take a bath on anything they like. You know, like give me some 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 money to do i just never want to see that happen whether that's show promoters or record labels so fortunately in in that way we were able to get it out sort of right before the world sort of sort of shifted um and and it you know it 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 did well out of the gate so i i know that i think everybody's covered in terms of that um but yeah in in terms of putting out records i don't know you know i've got half of the next one written i'm i'm actually I don't know, I'm being optimistic enough or stupid enough to think like, well maybe it we'll just put another one out when we leave for tour again in March. Right. Like I'm right. just going to like I just I look, man, I've tried to do it, but I cannot beat the optimism out of me. I, I just think it's like I'm, you know, I uh it's just kinda of, it's it's just that. So I think I'm just gonna like just trek forward and push and like do this thing I love and hopefully you know (laughs) hopefully it hopefully it works out so i mean it'd be kind of cool in the way that we end up in essence really kind of touring maybe two new records so so that's the hope but you know who knows man yeah 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 it's
0: uh definitely important to like keep that that positive energy towards what you're doing because like you said there's plenty of things that can kind of drag you down uh or just uh you know deter your you know creative agenda but yeah i mean you know if anything you you know you've got decades of of touring under your belt having a a year to <laughs> take off won't hurt you you know i mean yeah long yeah term,
1: um, for sure well that that's just it man it's kind of like anything it's like look i guess even in even in someone's worldview man if you want to see the glass is half empty like there's a there's an infinite amount of reasons to see it that yeah. way right but if you want to see it half full, there's an infinite amount of reasons to see it that way. So like, that's what it is, right. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm getting to like, you know, teaching my kids about rock and roll and, you know, well, isn't it kind of
0: great that we're all going to sort of miss like the thing that we could have potentially been worn out by, you know what I mean? Not sure. think, not, hopefully you're able to keep that balance in check already yeah. because, you know, you got to remember why you're doing it in the first place, but sure. Uh, this is the first time that I've truly missed playing in a long time. Like, not that I, I have, just because I haven't given myself a reason to miss it. Cause I just stayed doing it, you know? Uh,
1: sure. Sure.
0: So I, I imagine that whenever everybody is able to, to get back at it, there's going to be some really inspired and, and,
1: uh, passionate music being made for sure. Well, that's just it. Yeah. And just like the intensity it shows, like to just be in a, like a loud room with good friends, like, just listening to rock and roll like it was just like like when i was i was i I was on your site and i like clicked on i was watching this um live show from like hunter gatherer oh yeah yeah yeah. and i was just like i saw that and i like like for it 10 15 seconds i i like i don't remember breathing in or out or anything i was just kind of like i was just fixed on like how much i missed exactly what that room looked like and felt like and just smelled like and you know and i was just like man i have like little pops of moments like that where it's like i know how much i love this like i know how much i miss it and then i like i and that moment happened like half an hour ago and i was like but man i didn't know i missed it that much right Right, it was just these like pointed moments kind of happen where you're just like oh man i can't wait to get back to it and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dude, so there's I mean, definitely I've gotten the same
0: pacing. the same feeling from watching like how, I, some sort of live footage from like I don't know if it was something for the show, getting prepared to talk to somebody or, or what it was, but it was just a huge crowd and like this. I was like, wow, that's such a like it almost feels like a foreign concept already. Like, I mean, it hasn't right, been that right. long, right? But I can imagine. I mean, by the time that this, by the time that that kind of experience is able to be done responsibly again, I think it'll feel like a really long time, man. It'll be, Without a doubt. Which I also feel like is going to shape a bit what the transition is like, you know? I mean, there's going to be some people who are just like, you know, stay a little freaked out, you know? Which sure. I is understandable, too. Like, it's... sure. I never thought twice about being in a room full of 300-plus people before, and now I'm like, damn. It's kind of yeah. an insane situation to be in. I bought tickets... <laughs> To for, for my uh my parents and my girlfriend and I to go see the Rolling Stones right before this shit happened.
1: And I'm oh, like, now
0: crazy. I don't know when I'm gonna want to be around ten thousand right. plus or however many right. I don't <laughs> know. It's a football stadium, however many people can fit right. in it, you know. I've never even yeah. I've never been to a concert that was that many people to begin with, so I was kind of overwhelmed by the thought of it. But now I'm like, damn. This yeah. is a crazy
1: concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird how it all feels, man. I yeah, of course, I hope for all of our sakes, you know, that passes because that like, you know, man, I'm sure you can relate that that just being in a room and like, you know, just like whatever it is, like smashing beers together or hugging or arm in arms, singing a lyric like I, I I don't know, man, that feels pretty devastating to think. I know for that to become that, a
0: relic of the past would be just it, an, an <laughs> insane
1: notion. For sure. For so sure. For, for some yeah.
0: people, that's everything. You know what I mean? Like it's that's hard to imagine it without that um but you know i i think in one shape or another you know live shows are going to come back it's just going to be a little bit of a, a new take on it i suppose to say the yeah least.
1: right on right on
0: man well dude uh i know it had to have been like an amazing uh feeling getting to collaborate with tommy stinson after you know you know being inspired by his music for for so long how how sure. the hell did that
1: shit come about, man? That's amazing. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was it was pretty unreal. Um, it, again, it was one of those things where somebody in his camp reached out to us. I remember getting this email. Um, we were both just happened to be playing Riot Fest that year, so it's got to be I don't know three, four years, three, mate, three, four years ago. Um, so it was like you want to do this like five day run with Tommy to go to. You guys are both playing Riot Fest. I was like it was the fastest yes I've ever like written. Right. Um, And then we just did, we, so we just, we just toured out to riot fest and just, you know, got to kind of become, you know, like little short tour friends, but you know, you're thinking like, Oh, you know, you do this a lot, but does it, you know, like, I didn't know it would ever be like, Oh man, I actually, like, we talk, we're like friends in the world now. Like I never saw that, you know, the guys in the mats, you know? Um, But it was this, it was this wild thing. Like his, his drummer is the drummer from Guns N' Roses. You know, his bassist played with like Jack White. It was, just, he just had this like a crazy like band that was touring with him. So it's like, it's got to meet like all these people that were just amazing and sweet and humble and like just wildly talented. Right. So it was like, so, but that was it. Right. So we would just like hang out every day for a week or so. And then just kind of became, you know, I I guess I'm allowed to say friends now. Um, So then it was like, uh, yeah it was like making the record i don't you know i don't really have a, i have a touring band i don't have a band you know um and the one thing that's been this sort of like juggled thing for beachlang has been a bassist you know so I, I like i knew the drummer i could come in all, all that stuff was sort of worked out but it was like i didn't have a bassist so i just sort of reached out to him and i was like hey man <laughs> yeah. you know it was it was one it was one of those right where you just sort of like you just throw it against the wall you know and he was like yeah man be great like let's do it so it's like i cut the record in buffalo at like the at this studio that like the you know i did everything there except bass tommy was on tour with the Lemonheads. um and then like he got back and he's like all right man come up so then i went to his place um and and we just we did it it was just like me and my, me and my manager and 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 Tommy. That's it. That's all who was in the room. And he's like, you know, like I had, he had everything at that point because, like I said, we'd, we, I'd cut it. The whole record was done in Buffalo already. So it's just like, just just wasn't the here. So I'm thinking, oh, he's just gonna track it, and I'm just gonna kind of watch, and we're just gonna talk about parts and all these things. He's like, no man, plug your guitar in, like we need to play together. And I'm honestly, man, I'm like, we're just playing like two feet away, and like he just like you know, when he's looking over and he's doing the sneer, he's doing the thing. And I'm just kind of like, it it felt like I've described it as like the posters on my wall, like came to life and were like patting me on the back. You know, it was just like, it was, it was, it was that, you know, and we're, you know, we drank the whole time we're doing, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, was, yeah, man, it was one of those things. Like, you know, folks pay for those rock and roll. What are they? Those fantasy camps, you know, it was like, I got to just like, (laughs) I got to just cheat my way through it, man. Like, and and then you know on top of all of that like daydream stuff like he just clobbered these like bass parts that's you know they're a, just the like that's the thing
0: that stood out the most to me man it's not just a it's not just a name on a liner note like Tommy's bringing it like that i was sure like, just listening right before i called you i had Tommy in the 80s on and i was like yeah that is just like amazing bass tone and it it's it's tommy can do a lot with so little it's like it's not that he's like playing all up and down the neck he's he's sure. just like that he's the perfect bass player for that kind of sound and he just knows how to really compliment a song but he does man he does for sure yeah man i i I, we uh we're fortunate enough to uh book tommy to play a solo performance here in town at uh we we put it together at a bike collective and it was incredible man it was like a have you seen one of his stripped down solo gigs
1: i have man i have They're, they're great yeah yeah yeah. He's just, yeah yeah that's cool I saw, I, yeah I saw I saw the flyer for that show yeah at, that, at, the, at the bike collective it's like really great yeah, yeah man it was it was a,
0: a pretty incredible experience he's just very charming and affable I mean you know what, yeah. you, what you would hope when you're when you look up to somebody and then they're like oh he's, this is actually a pretty sweet <laughs> sure. dude as opposed well, to well that's the just it you
1: know? that's just it man like that that was the thing that really like I think I think I sank into me like the deepest was just like how sweet he is right so it's like so we do that tour together kind of become these friends where i'm like oh my god i, I can't believe i have stinson's number on my phone right it's kind of that moment, right and then it's like we got robbed in austin and tommy sent me one of his basses and one of paul's guitars just gave just gave it to me wow. and i was like who is this you know <laughs> like you know they don't, they don't they don't they don't cut folks like this often right no um, absolutely
0: not most yeah, people and, do like play that a little closer to the chest that's amazing
1: yeah man and then and then you know bang then plays on the record it, it's just like it's there's just been these things of like and like when we were up up there with him too it was just like you know we'd he'd cut maybe a song or two and then he'd like ah oh, let's go to let's go to the bar you know we just go and we, you know it's just like it was as so it was social as much as it was like work you know yeah. um but yeah i mean it's, it's one of those things you know i i like i can't say enough nice things about the guy like even if you just sweep away all the like records that you just like completely adore like this right. is somebody that it's like i'm glad that i know you in the world like you know you just you just good stuff you know well yeah. out of
0: pure nerdum and curiosity what what guitars were you given what was the bass and the, the guitar
1: yeah the guitar i have is this let me see it's like it was a it's a white ltd it, lo- it looks like a les paul okay yeah i think i've so seen like, you play that in the past okay yeah and then the bass is just this um some, some Fender. I have it right here in my room in the case, but huh. yeah. It, and it's, and it's got, you know, like, cause the, 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 Paul's guitar was more his like, more his like practice guitar where okay. like Tommy's definitely has like stage wear on it. And it's yeah. like, Oh, that's what I want that to look like. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that stuff. Yeah. So I, um, but yeah, man, it's just like, it's just, it's, it's really just echoing like your point, man. It, it's really cool when these, these folks you look up to um, turn out to really be, you know, you're not just like a. Man, I love your records. It's like, oh, I, I think I love you. Like, you're <laughs> really, you, you know, you're really the goods, man. Yeah, it's like, totally. You know, so it's that's, yeah, that, that's those, always cool.
0: Uh, you know, that decade and a half of records that they made, you know, it's like, there's, there's a, I, well, we talked to Peter Jesperson for the show and we talked a lot about the long right reach of, of, of the replacements there, there's something and, and, you know, just the individual guys as well, you know, uh, sure. I mean, think about, you know, Bob Stinson still resonates with so many people and he had, hadn't even played on the last few replacements records. You know, he's got a shorter catalog for us to be inspired by and he still sure resonates with all of us, you know? Um, yeah, maybe that's part of it is that, you know, you, you only got this smaller snapshot into his like creative mind, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm happy for you. That's an amazing thing to have been able to accomplish. Like I mean, I think it goes without saying that if you weren't making great records, that no matter how sweet Tommy
1: is, he wouldn't be involved, you know. So Ah, well that's very that's very sweet of you to say, man. I um yeah, like like those are you know, man, like I don't think many people sign up. I know I certainly didn't sign up for rock and roll for the paychecks, right? Um right. those are the paychecks for me, right? It's like like that moment with like I'm cutting with Tommy like you know like like those things are really cool so when i look at like my savings account or or lack thereof um you know sometimes it's kind of like you know you, you get that little you get that little grip in your gut where you're like man did i like did I am, I am i am i doing right by like life and then i'm just like i then i just of course i am like i think of these things that like you know man it's like i don't want to be like 75 on my rocking chair someday. And I'm telling my grandkids about like, you should have saw the, the mutual investments I made when I was 33, Uh, you know, it's like, I want to, you know, it's like, um, you know, so for a minute, you know, you worry about those, those, those things we're told we're supposed to care about, right? Those, and, and I'm not saying there's not something cool about some level of like security and being able to keep the lights on, but it's like, I suppose I've, I've, I've managed to find a healthy balance between, you know the lights are still on maybe they're not we don't get to have as many lamps as <laughs> you know someone else but you know man like but you're but you're probably happier than the people who have the biggest y- yeah. lamp collection out there yeah that's just it man Qu- quality over quantity kind of kind of stuff you know um and i think i think too i see that i see that resonate you know with like these like little human beings that like i'm responsible for at least helping to sculpt you know and it's kind of like I like that they're going to dig, like, getting an old Stones record, like, more important than, like, getting, I don't know, some expensive plastic piece of junk, you know, that all their friends might get, right? It's right. like, I don't know, you know, there's something about where you place value in, in, in life, and I I hope, I hope <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making smart decisions in that way. But but I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about it so far. That's great, man. Well, so I know you said that you're partway
0: through a new record, but uh, what's on the horizon for you, man? Anything that you're particularly excited about, you feel like sharing?
1: Yeah, I I mean, look, I'm going to try to keep doing like live streams as much as people, (laughs) you know, don't tire of of seeing me do that. Um, You know, yeah, just just like writing things. Like I said, I just did a home recording thing of like, you know, cover songs. Like, I'm just trying to stay engaged, right? It's like we, we, we think like we, you know, we get surrounded in what we're in right now and that feels like, well, that's what life is. And it's like, no, man, this is the exception, not the rule. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're going to get back to the thing. And it's like, I think I just, I'm trying to stay aware of that and like, make it so when like, hopefully we can pile back in a van and like March and go back to South by Southwest. It's kind of like, I didn't squander this time, you know, I, um, you know, I just stayed busy, stayed in it, stayed like You know adversity leads to opportunity man if you look at it right so you know i'm trying to see i'm trying to just see it that way yeah like so yeah no no like um no headline grabbing announcements here but like all the important internal stuff we're like staying in because like look man the biggest the biggest moment i think i have and all of these cool things I, i i i'm lucky enough to get to do is like is like cracking a new song that i think has something to it right that you know, you know that deal, right? It's like yeah, that that's a moment
0: awful. that can't be taken away, no matter you know, unless you just lose all of your
1: ability to play and sing. You that's know it, I mean? for sure. It's like so, you know, man. I I I'm, I've been lucky enough to have a, a, a few of those moments during this so far, and I'm hoping for more. Like, honestly, man, that's you know, that that's enough for me for sure right now. So yeah, that's huge, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Well, dude, I, I can't wait to to hear
0: everything you're working on. I was listening to the. To the covers project this morning and was really enjoying that as well man um, oh thanks man but thanks so much for chatting with us man and uh you know i hope you have a great day and and hopefully uh we can uh collaborate sometime in the
1: future as well that'd be amazing and i just wanted to say to you before you split man i was like when i was checking your stuff out and i saw the the picture of you guys and i saw you with the big star you know uh, shirt yeah, yeah. on. yeah I was like, I felt, I felt this brethrenship with you, and I just felt like I needed to say that.
0: Well, that's amazing, man, and thank you, for, yeah,
1: and for checking out some of our music as well, man. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I saw a couple of Matt's covers on that. Um, yeah, on yeah, that yeah. Record. So, like, yeah I'm, I'm digging in hard, man. I like. I'm hope, hoping we can get down the South Carolina on this next run. I didn't when I saw like Hunter Gather, and I saw it, it's called Cola Town Bike Collective. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I was like, man, you've got like you've you've got you've got a you've got real 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 sauce going down there so yeah man if you get back down to
0: columbia we should get something going together man that'd be incredible that'd
1: be amazing yeah let's definitely keep in touch that'd be really rad dylan thank you man yeah man well
0: uh, thanks again man and and we'll send you the episode when it's wrapped up but yeah man i appreciate it and
1: we'll talk to you later yeah sounds great have a great day man see you man bye-bye this has been a comfort monk production